2002, it was guys like Low Key, Christopher Daniels, who laid the foundation for this company. It's guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe that are still putting bricks on this company. Fear money! TNA is a bunch of hardworking young athletes who are looking to change the wrestling world. Grey Wolf Entertainment presents Maximum Impact with Ned and Nims. Welcome everyone, Happy New Year and welcome to an all new edition of Maximum Impact, the TNA podcast, the love letter to Impact Wrestling with two guys that can't believe it's been 20 years since that fateful day in Nashville. My name is Nims Azor, <laughs> joined as always by my partner in crime, the one and only Ned Tepper. Neddy, how you going brother? Oh, Nim, man, thank you so much for that awesome introduction. I'm going well, thank you, dude, and very excited. I am all up to date on all things Impact Wrestling at the moment. Had a big binge watch over that sort of Christmas, New Year period and the last couple of weeks, and I've got to say, man, Impact Wrestling is shaping up to go back to its well and truly glory days in this 20 years of Impact. Man, it, it just looks like now is the time people need to jump on board Nim. like it's like a lot of it's been nostalgia and looking back but at the moment the future of this company so good man you've actually got a very solid roster in impact this year and i for one am absolutely loving it it's it's sort of like the most perfect that it's been because you've got a good mix of the old and the new and the thing that impact has been missing in a very long time has been veterans has been guys that have done it on the big stage that are sort of here to give back they had a couple of ones back in the day you know where you had your kurt angles your drew galloways and people like that yeah. and i know what everyone will sort of say oh you mean ex wwe guys or ex such and such guys well in a way, yes, because a lot of the young dudes that are in uh, Impact Wrestling now, you know, you look, look at you guys like, say, for you look at, for example, say, Violent by Design. The reason Violent by Design are so good is because they've got a guy like Eric Young that has been there for so long, that's able to help out, you know, people like Dina and Joe During that never really had much of much of a big sort of thing back in the day whereas eric young it's interesting I mean, we don't to bring him up sorry azor to cut you off there but he is a great example you're talking about your ex wwe guys and for those that haven't been around as long as you and i is he was in impact first he's gone over to the big the big lights and bright stages and all that sort of thing and come back bigger badder and more hungry i feel so he's an excellent example mm-hmm. eric young so sorry to cut you off there man continue yeah, but Eric Young is just one of those many examples. We're seeing dudes like W. Morrissey, who has just exploded oh, yeah. onto the scene. We loved him uh, when he was big cast, but he's just a completely different beast right now. And let's not forget that everyone has sort of, I don't know, reinvented themselves with this new lick of paint and the freedom that Impact has. I don't know how much you pay attention to uh, like the backstage sort of stuff, but you've got dudes like Scott Demore that are there, Tommy Dreamer, and another new addition to the Impact sort of roster backstage in terms of their agents is Lance Storm. He's now jumped on board Impact, and he's going to be helping out some of that young talent. The good thing with that is Lance is actually one of the best trainers this business has ever seen people like Tennille Dashwood, the inspiration, uh, Tyler Breeze, all those guys came through Landstorm school of wrestling and even, and it's, and it's just so good to see, but we want to quickly, let's quickly touch first on hard to kill because that was their last big springboard sort of pay-per-view that they did. And you, you watched it, Nettie. I, I was hunting down for this. This is, this had one of the, 
this was one of the the ones where I think it unfortunately it got lost over the Christmas and holiday period, which is a bit of a shame because it was by all means top to bottom one of the best shows I've ever seen. What were some of the highlights for you, Nettie? Because we won't go through all of it, but uh, what were some of the things that actually stood out for you and you thought, man, this is this is really cool. Yeah, it's very interesting you say that. I do think it got lost in the mix a little bit there, Amin, and I'm very much you and I cut from the same cloth. We talk about it all the time. I do agree. This is probably one of the best and most underrated pay-per-views I've seen in a couple of years, let alone just the last six months. Like There is just something special about Hard to Kill 2022. Now, here's a bit of an idea. I watched it the same day as the Royal Rumble, so I had a nice little six or seven hours worth of wrestling in one day. That's old-school fat boy life right there, Nim. And... uh, First off, before I jump into that, we're talking about the Royal Rumble. We're talking about Hard to Kill here. Mickey James on the Royal Rumble, that hardcore country. How did you feel, Nim, when you heard that and Mickey entered the WWE arena with the uh, knockouts belt there, man? With the knockouts belt, the little nameplate gimmick that popped up actually had Impact Impact Women's Champion Mickey James. And another cool little callback uh, because the first person she went after was Michelle McCool. Now, Michelle McCool and Layla back in the day when they were lay cool had a big beef uh, with with Mickey James. I think we all remember the little Piggy James sort of uh, gimmick yeah. that was a feud that was happening back in the day. So, Horrible. so straight out of the gate, I loved it because the first thing that Mickey did was catch up on old business. She mixed it up with some of the new talent too, like your Rhea Ripley's, your Bianca Belair. So she was able to hang with the current WWE roster and mix it up with the legends too. I thought it was fantastic the way that she came back as well because when hardcore country kicked off and when people say the Royal Rumble is actually a great example when people go and say oh you know no one really cares too much about impact or TNA or lol TNA but like the mere fact that when hardcore country kicks in and this isn't going to be a shot at the the new WWE or the new superstars but you know there's not a lot of recognizable themes and things like that like for me I was really struggling during the Royal Rumble, and a lot of people have said this, uh, during the Men's Royal Rumble, because there were just a lot of guys who I know, but I just don't know their music. Like Dominic Mysterio, yeah. I didn't even know he had his own theme because he always comes out with his dad. Um, the Dirty Dogs, um, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, I kind of get them. I, I know who they are, but like when their music hit, you don't immediately pop. For everyone to know when Hardcore Country kicked in that this is Mickey James, did the arena got off their feet. It was really cool to see. And just to touch on briefly, when Robert Roode locked up with AJ Styles, you hear a TNA chant. So people that say that TNA was never relevant, they're either got rocks in their heads or they just don't want to pay attention. I think that's a very good point right there. They're the two things I really wanted to touch on when we're talking about the WWE Royal Rumble. Of course, this is a TNA-based podcast, is that (laughs) TNA chance. That was epic. We were actually, unfortunately, watching at different places. You in a much more hostile environment sitting next to our boy, (laughs) J-Cell Herbert. But that was epic. And yes, like you say, hardcore country, that hit and people went ballistic. I think that's great too. And the awesome thing about 2022 and the end of 2021 is that Forbidden Door has been opened. I didn't think I'd see it with the WWE, but there you go, man. It, it was just something else. It was something different and something special. But to get back onto the original subject here, hard to kill. What were my highlights and whatnot, man? I've got I've got results. I've got 
I could talk about this pay-per-view all day, but I think the best thing here, well, Trey Miguel, he is one of the best up-and-coming wrestlers right away. But him for the Impact X Division Championship, that was an epic moment right there. But how about this Honor No More invasion, the Ring of Honor invasion on Impact Wrestling? Nim, this is just, I have never been huge on Ring of Honor. I've probably because I'm not very good at illegally downloading stuff, to be honest. <laughs> I don't even know where to get it, how to come by it or whatever, but this is good. This has really opened up a door and got an awesome little feud happening at the moment. So that was probably the highlight for me, just seeing them invade Impact and nice, solid looking crowd there too. Where was it? Was it in Vegas or where yeah, was I believe Hard so. to Kill? Uh, Hard to Kill this year was actually at a place called the Bomb Factory in Texas, of all places. Texas. There we go. Yes. Nice crowd. It was popping right there, Nim. But yeah, that was definitely the highlight for me. And oh, it thing, did show I, me something. I will quickly interrupt you there, Nitty, because we forgot something else that also happened at Hard to Kill. The debut as lead announcer of Tom Hannafin, formerly known as Tom Phillips in the WWE. Oh, man. And, and me and you are very big on our announcers. Always have been. We both worked in radio. You still do. Announcers are the bomb, and I think he fits in very, very well. What do you think about old mate? What's his name? Can't think of it. Striker off the top of my head there. That's and that striker. striker getting, yeah. What do you think about him going? Because I, I never felt he was a very good fit. I'm not sure about you. I'm not one to play, play a hate, as you know, but I, I think <laughs> the new direction they're going in is much better. Do you, did you hear any more on Striker? Striker's actually still behind the scenes. I actually listened to um, Tom Hannafin talk to Chris Van Vliet uh, on after the Hard to Kill debut because um, Tom Hannafin was actually quite a big Impact fan back in the day, and that's how he sort of got into wrestling as well. He was always a big wrestling fan, really? and um, and and the thing is too, like he sort of he's one of these guys where. Matt Cardona, who is someone that is really flourishing right now outside of the WWE, always says the thing, WWE gave me all the tools to make me a star. They were my developmental, and that's the tools that I use now. That's as a wrestler point of view. Tom Hannafin has been in the WWE as Tom Phillips for nine years. He's called WrestleManias. He's done all the Royal Rumbles. He was He's, he's commentated with guys like Mauro Ranallo, Michael Cole, and he knows how the business is done. Not that Matt Stryker doesn't. Stryker certainly does. He's done Lucha Underground. He has done WWE commentary. And he's also done uh, Impact really, really well with D'Lo Brown. But there is just something about the polish of Tom Phillips, uh, Tom Hannafin, coming in. Because he's done it for so long. He's still match fit. It's kind of like, uh, except this time around, he sort of knows what to do. And because Impact don't put many shackles on people, that's why you can kind of see people do their own sort of thing. We see it, a prime example yeah. with Mickey James in the Rumble. So he's sort of being his own sort of guy. And I really, really like it. And I think he's adding so much stuff. Matt Stryker is still with the company. Stryker is actually a fun fact. He's working behind the scenes. And he was the guy that actually gave Tom, Tom Hannafin his job in WWE. All those, all those years ago. That's why I love you, Aminazor, right there. You come through with the goods when it comes to those sort of fun facts. I had no idea right there. But, yes, great premiere from him. And a question I was going to ask you shortly, another absolute highlight for Hard to Kill 
with me, man, was Jonathan Gresham defeating my boy, probably my favorite wrestler in the world at the minute, Chris Saban, to retain the ROH World Championship. This match, this was just pure wrestling gold right here, man. I have not, as I said before, I played ignorant when it comes to Ring of Honor, but this man can wrestle the octopus. Jonathan Gresham is one of those guys too. And just for those that maybe don't know what's happening at Ring of Honor at the moment, uh, Ring of Honor is on a hiatus. They've just taken a big, big pause, apparently going to regroup, come back at April. They were also hit pretty hard during the pandemic. Unlike some other wrestling companies and things like that, Ring of Honor was still paying their staff. They were still going, um, like no one was furloughed. No one was anything like that. They were one of the few companies, if any, that kept everyone on the books and said, no, no, we'll get through this. And when the world sort of opened up and everything else was coming back to normal, it sounds weird, but that's when Ring of Honor decided to go on hiatus for a little bit saying we will be back, but for the time being, and it kind of makes a lot of sense. A lot of people will criticize Ring of Honor, but like the way that now with shows coming back, they didn't leave their wrestlers out and about like in the cold, like, a lot of their wrestlers now have jobs. Like we see it now with Honor No More, but Ring of Honor is going to be coming back. But yeah, Jonathan Gresham, the octopus, he's one of the dudes that is the new school Ring of Honor. Like we remember like the old school sort of characters in Ring of Honor. Remember like Dalton Castle, the big dude with uh, with all those boys that would come out dressed like a, a big flamboyant peacock back in the day? Oh yeah, yeah. I do remember him actually, yes. Wait. We're going back probably about seven years here, like 2015. So like, and it's only when I did the math there that I realized that 2015 wasn't two years ago. Like I've always thought. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jonathan Nearly Gresham. A decade ago. Exactly, man. Yeah, but Jonathan Gresham, he's one of these guys that has really benefited because I like that TNA have still got this working relationship with Ring of Honor in the sense that, yes, the shows aren't going, but Ring of Honor still lives through TNA, which is very, very cool. But, um, yeah, this was a hell of a match. And up against Chris Sabin too, I'm not sure if those two have actually locked up together beforehand. But um, another cool thing was it was a pure rules match. Like, do you, like Ring of Honor yeah. were very big with the pure rules. Like, you know, no DQs, no shenanigans, none of that sort of stuff. So Yeah, I like I, that, man. I like that a lot. See, um very like you're talking 2015 which may as well have never happened for me because i you know i've got a, a memory for the last week or so 2015 possibly the last time i watched it but yeah you can only have a ring break like three times and mm -hmm. you know there's no shenanigans or anything like that so it, it was just good but yes yeah, sorry keep going there as well no but yeah gresham very very cool i love that this is probably his first chance to make it onto the main stage because he has primarily wrestled in ring of honor he's been doing it i think for about uh, six or seven years now i'm sure someone will probably correct me there but uh he was one of those guys that burst onto the scene because you'd see like pictures and presentation is everything like when you'd see this dude in this you know done to the nines in this awesome suit with this big octopus mask you'd be like what is this it, it's one of those things yeah. that make you turn and look and i love that he's an impact right now and i also like that he's not part of honor no more as well well yeah that's it there was some shenanigans on yesterday's edition of impact when i was checking it out and it looked like honor no more wanted him apart he turned and walked away but this is what i was going to ask you here one of my questions for today honor no more it looks like they'll probably sign with impact i'd say that's in in the future what does that mean for and hopefully i'm hoping that'll be the same with gresham do you think they will be hanging around impact or do you think once april comes it'll be see you later 
or, or what do you think? That's what I really want to know here as well. I'm hoping on and no more will stick around in the impact zone, to be honest with you. I think Jonathan Gresham may not if it's the future's bright there for Ring of Honor. And But I don't know or, or how good is this open door policy? Do you think they'll be backing, jumping back and forth? Like just, I don't know, man, your, your opinion well, seems to, you know, matter. Well, the thing is, the thing is like I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Ring of Honor come back um, purely because there's a lot of great talent that just didn't have any work um, for yeah. a long period of time. And now they're all sort of wrestling's coming back. The world's opening up a little bit, which is kind of cool. And I strongly recommend, I really do think that this isn't the last we've seen of Honor no more. Maybe once Ring of Honor comes back, we won't see him too much in impact. However, I do have a feeling that you might see a bit more of the streams crossing. Maybe we'll see like a Josh Alexander run into a few uh, Ring of Honor matches. You could see someone like a Rich Swan, a Chris Saban make a return to Impact. So the cool thing about Impact is, and straight off the top of the bat, last year, or was it last year or 2020? I can't remember when it was. But when we had that relationship with AEW and, um, and Impact Wrestling, I got to say that was probably one of the worst decisions that I've seen happen or one of the most one way decisions because AEW did nothing for impact. Like there was no promotion, no nothing. Like look at what WWE's done for impact in terms of talking about Mickey James. Like, you know, they brought up, she's a champion. They brought up, she's going to be like, they, they plugged like the pay for you hard to kill. Like she might not be the champion coming into the Royal Rumble. They were doing all of this stuff. And it's the bare minimum. But AEW did nothing. If anything, AEW had Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone come on to Impact in those little spots, crapping all over it. Who's that helping? Well, yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. I guess that's what he, they were. They were coming on doing those. The crossover was there. I sort of, I think that, I don't know, man. You got me thinking there. I, I thought it was good. I enjoyed the AEW Look, Impact Wrestling crossover, and it did, did bring a lot of light to Impact when you think about the fact that, you know, there was an Impact Wrestling belt being defended on AEW. So, like, that that was pretty huge right there. But, yeah, I do agree. They did come in and did really crap all over the product, and that's, like, the unfortunate sort of direction, I guess, creative took in that sense, whether or yeah. not. You know, I, I think the relationship would have been better bet between them than what Impact in WWE had because it was a lot longer. Like, we're talking about yeah. a once-off on the Rumble compared to, like, what was it? How long did Christian Cage have the belt for? It was, like, six months or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. And then and then he sort of dropped it at emergence. But um, yeah. Yeah, one, of the, one of the things that, like, just because if you watched AEW, you just saw Kenny Omega and Don Callis. That's about it. No mention of... Uh, <laughs> No mention of Impact. The Good Brothers were there, but no mention of them being Impact World Tag Team Champions, any stuff like that. But it gives me confidence in knowing that that at least goes to show Impact is willing to work with other companies. And I, for one, are you trying to tell me that you're not going to be watching every Ring of Honor show knowing that there is a chance, like an absolute chance, that you could see someone run in like, and just absolutely... like Imagine you saw Violet by Design just absolutely yeah. run riots over ring of honor when they come back like there's the possibilities are endless for the time being though while there is no ring of honor i'm more than happy to see matt taven uh in 
Impact Wrestling. It's so cool seeing Kenny King back. Kenny King <laughs> actually having a lot of history with TNA slash Impact from back in the day. Remember he, oh, MVP definitely. and Lashley had an awesome little program together. But um, I want to ask you something, Nettie, because I, I know of, like I've watched a fair bit of Ring of Honor back in the day when it was around, like, you know, uh, so I've sort of kept my finger on in in one of that, one of those pies to know what's going on, but <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess like you 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 know about Mike Bennett because you've seen Mike Bennett from his time in Impact Wrestling uh, back in the yeah. day, but a guy like uh, Vincent or PCO, these are guys that uh, haven't really had too much time in the sun. PCO, I'll I'll um, discount because PCO has actually been wrestling since the '80s. He was part of one of the uh, As French. Really? Yeah, he was in the WWE. Man, he's a former WWF champion from back in the day. PCO. Yeah, uh, he, he was, was it under that PCO gimmick, or no, no, he was Pierre Carl Oulet, a part of the uh, the the Quebecers. Oh, there you go, man. See, like you're drawing up blanks there, but sorry to, yeah. What what's this question for me here, man? What do you, what do you think about these new guys? Because you pro- let's face it, if Honor No More wasn't in. And in fact, if Ring of Honor didn't sort of go on a big pause, you probably wouldn't see guys like John Gresham. You wouldn't see dudes like uh, PCO, who PCO, who's like I said, he's been wrestling since the '80s, but yeah. retired and then came back in 2016 under this new, like you know, the French Canadian Frankenstein kind of thing. I uh, love the gimmick. It's so good, isn't it? And it's completely yeah. nothing to what he used to be. Yeah, well, that's gnarly right there. I still can't can't think of who he was back in the late 80s. That must make him kind of old now and then. But, yeah, I absolutely love it. Never heard of Vincent. Never heard of PCO. Absolutely love them. I think they're the perfect fit in Impact. That's why I get so excited, and that's why I'm saying I'm hoping that they'll, they'll win at No Surrender and they'll come across and be permanent on Impact Wrestling. Fingers crossed, touch wood. So here we go. There's There's a picture of PCO back in the wwe <laughs> how 80s is that bro i love That's that the, man yeah so yeah, it's cool all of the frankenstein gimmicks just very very like the kind of thing that i'm into right there oh so 80s man if you're listening on the pod you need to check the video <laughs> out because nims is reliving some photos here, which is very cool uh not only do you get to see nims live in the flesh you also get to see his shack poster and the, <laughs> the crutch of shack in the background as well but yes nim <laughs> In answer to question to your question, I'm absolutely loving seeing these new people to me. What about Vincent? I think Vincent, he's pretty sick, man. I like those gray dreads, and he had a great match just on this past impact as yeah. well. But man, he can he can cut it up. This is one of those ones too, because I actually don't know too much about Vincent myself, too. Oh, uh, I that's do know- big. And he lost to Josh he- Alexander, but I, I saw that one coming. No, well, and I can understand that because, you know, it's not really his house, but he is, like, I don't know, in, in terms of a guy like PCO, and I'm sure this is why Honor No More is really, really good because it's it's opening up these doors because I'll, no doubt when, it, when Ring of Honor comes back, he'll be one of the guys that I watch. He'll definitely be one of the dudes that I watch. When you look at what, um, you know, Mike Bennett used to do in WWE. Some people might only know him from his WWE stuff, might have missed completely missed him as uh, the miracle back in the day. And this is sort of revitalizing everyone. But man, we, we've we've spent a 
fair bit of time talking about I don't know more, but there is so much more on this card that we need to get through. And I'll quickly, let's do a quick little run through. Uh, we'll move away from Hard to Kill and talk about Impact at the present day. What just happened? Because I want to talk about one of my favorite things that I've seen in the past 24 hours in terms of Impact. And that is <laughs> Matt Cardona oh, is here we go. the I'm digital media champion, man. How did he Tell get it done, man? How did Matt Cardona get it done? Did he was was it shenanigans involved with Jordan Grace, maybe there? And man, was, I know you're a big Cardona boy. Oh, absolutely, man. The the dude is the dude has been the internet champion since 2012. If the man knows anything about digital media, this is the guy. But I gotta yeah. say, like one cool thing, and I thought this is what Impact is doing so well. Every single match has a story behind it. Like every single match, like we know that Matt Cardona, he is, you know, the the self-proclaimed like internet champion. We know this Jordan Grace, a fantastic champion, but this was the first ever intergender match that Matt Cardona's ever had. He's never fought a woman in the ring. So I like that, you know, there was all these sort of like, oh man, like, like, you know, he's doing all these moves and because he's a big dude, like Matt Cardona, he's a big drink of water. He's a, he's a, he's a solid, solid wrestler. And not to say that Jordan Grace isn't, but like she definitely is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I liked it when he was doing like all of the moves. He was just like, oh, I don't know. Oh, geez. Like I don't, I don't feel good about doing this, which I thought was awesome. Then all of a sudden, when he got his hands on that gold on the outside, he's just like, no, nah, hell with this. I'm gonna do whatever I can. <laughs> It's and, game over to my conscience and yeah. game over to Jordan Grace. But I thought that was just awesome. He is going to do such good things. Like you remember back, I think it was WrestleMania 32, Netty, when he won that ladder match. Your lounge oh, yeah. room, everyone was off the off the chairs. We were all like, yes, I can't believe he's done it. It was one of the most awesome moments. And I love, it's kind of the same thing here. It was an awesome moment for him, but the crowd's like, Oh, you're an absolute POS, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the crowd, that's one sort of tender subject I wanted to talk about here. We talked about it earlier. It looked good when it was in Texas. They're back in Orlando at the moment where it's very much blacked out in the in the background there. I'm not sure what's happening with the crowds here. Have you heard any more? Like Because the product right now is A1. I think we can all agree with that. But at the moment, it looks like there's not too many people getting out to see it in Orlando. Well, it's a very limited building capacity there. Like they're, they're filming it on a soundstage. So believe, uh, like you remember the old impact zone back in the day, that was also yeah. done on a soundstage. But the difference is now um, with, because it's the, the day and age that we sort of live in, it's it's the soundstage is the same, well, roughly the same, but the capacity limits isn't because of COVID. Like uh, you've got to you've got to have people caps. You've got to have stuff like that. Now at the same time, I get what you're saying, and I believe Moose even came out and said that Moose came out. He did, and that's the reason that I brought it up. He said, like, yeah. I off the top of my head, it was something like our product is just as good as any other product in the world, which is basically saying WWE. It's just the people aren't should- there. And he's spot on, but like the thing is, the thing is, like you know, if let's just say hypothetically speaking, you could fit 500 people in the impact zone right now, they're only capping it at 200. Whereas yeah. the thing is, it's very cheap to have that soundstage. It's very because impact is essentially a TV product. 
They don't mm. do live tours. They don't do stuff like that because at the end of the day, they're there to make money. We saw what happened years ago when they tried to go on the road and you just can't fight that might. The The difference is this time around is guys like Matt Cardona, guys like W. Morrissey, guys like John Gresham, PCO, they can do other wrestling. Like Impact yeah. has a very, very good schedule. Jonah, Jonah, uh, aka formerly known as Bronson Reed in the WWE, MCW's very own, Melbourne City Wrestling's very own Jonah Rock can spend, you know, two weeks doing impact tapings at that little, at their little soundstage and then go wrestle in Japan. He can even come back to Australia if he really wanted to do a show here, fly back. So there's an element of freedom. Um, I do yeah. get, I can, he's I can actually one of the questions. I, oh, sorry. I was going to say, he's one of the questions I have for you here, man, is about Jonah. I know that he was originally originated from here in Australia, which is great to see MCW. Did you have anything to do with him? Because to those listening that don't know, Nim's of course an MCW announcer as well, which is very cool right there. And every time someone pops up from MCW, I'm like, I wonder if Azor knows him. So did you have anything to do with Jonah or was that pre Azor? Jonah is one of the nicest human beings you'll ever see. I I had I was able to do a interview with um, Jonah when he was um, he's just he's one of the sweetest humans you will ever see, uh, which is always funny because he looks like such an absolute monster. Oh, <laughs> when, You're saying he's one he's of the nicest there. human beings ever, and like he was like on something he was like eating some guy or he was biting <laughs> some guy on the last episode of him but oh, he's a real sweetheart that jonah it looks like you know if herbs let himself loose in a real way that's what he'd want to do to us but you're saying he's a great dude and you've interviewed him in the past that's cool really really good dude he was he and um another guy who's now in the ww under the name of duke hudson um, he was in a tag team called uh, Sex Rock, Elliot Sexton <laughs> and Jonah Rock, uh, nice. and a very very cool tag team. But um, he's an Adelaide guy. He's an Adelaide guy. Very very humble cat. Huge huge Port Adelaide supporter. Loves Port Adelaide to the point oh, where the power. to the point where he actually wakes up at like midnight to watch those games and he wears really? his stupid Port Adelaide bars jersey and stuff like that. <laughs> he, he is a massive, massive uh, footy supporter. And I, if you, if you, uh, maybe we'll put a link to it uh, somewhere in the description, but if, if you want to check out what Jonah Rock, AKA uh, Bronson Reed, AKA Jonah is all about, check out the interview that I did with him on my YouTube page, because he's one of the nicest dudes that you will ever, ever meet. And he, and he loves you. That was the case, man. How long ago was this? Cause there's my brain kicking in. I'm like, I'm sure Nims has had something to do with Jonah in the past. That is, that's cool. And we'll definitely link it up on the maximum impact podcast, Facebook page and in the comments and all that sort of thing. Cause we need to see it, man. Let's see. I think it was it was probably like 2020, I think, when the world shut down a little bit. Because the good thing about um, if there's any silver lining with um, COVID, uh, one of the big things was that it sort of enabled people to... Uh, yeah, nine months ago is when I spoke to um, Jonah. Um, yeah, really, really good dude. <laughs> and he, he's just... And the best part too is he's so grateful for the support as well. He was actually so good as a talent that um, SEN, my workplace, had Jared Waitley, who's like our flagship bloke, chat to Jonah um, because he was that much of a good dude and because Jonah loves footy. Um, 
they were just talking. It was just one of the funniest things I've ever seen hearing Jared Waitley, a renowned AFL commentator and the man that's commentated <laughs> the Ashes, all this sort of stuff, talk about Geelong, who it's his team versus Port Adelaide, which is Jonah's team. It was just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. doesn't matter who's the better team. You put them in a ring, and I can tell you right away who's coming off <laughs> second best. <laughs> but, yeah, Jonah – and it's good to see, too, like Jonah, one of the guys, unfortunately, that was let go by the WWE, um, maybe in some circumstances that I don't quite agree with. But um, he's – What were they? Uh, budget cuts were – Budget cuts. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I thought there were, was more to it than that. Yeah budget cuts and you know but this is the thing they're a business they're a publicly traded business and last year they made a billion dollars so um they're struggling yeah uh but hey look (laughs) a friend of look a friend of mine went and said to me i was my buddy neil we were talking about this literally about two days ago uh and he went oh and i won't go too much on a rant here but he sort of said to me he's like man they made a billion dollars last year it's not like they need the money and Mm. i said to him i said to him he's like man the thing with rich people is they never, they can never have not enough money. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly like you, right. Some, are you trying to, are you trying to tell me that if, if a billionaire walked down the street and he saw a dollar that he wouldn't go? Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. But their loss is our gain, I guess, in the impact wrestling world there. We get to see Jonah on impact, which is all sorts of awesome there, Nim. And well, the only other thing I really had to ask you about was I had Kenny King down here and I was going to talk to him about the TNA days and all that sort of thing, but we've already covered that, man. So I'm not sure what else you want to co- cover in this edition, but No Surrender is looking the goods and it's going down February 20 for us Aussies, February 19 in America. It's live on that Impact Plus uh, app, which is all sorts of awesome. If you don't have that, you need to pick it up because it's just got everything from the past 20 years of impact on there. Let's quickly run through uh, No Surrender, though, because I want to ask you a few questions about some of the, uh, the, the matches that are on that card. I mean, W. Morrissey, like we loved him Damn. as Big Cass, and and he went through some pretty tough times after he left WWE. He had some health issues, had some you know uh, self reflection issues, some personal demons and whatnot. But he's cleaned himself up, and he looks to be in the best shape of his life. And Impact's given him that new lease on life. And it was so funny too because you want to talk about um, someone uh, reached out to Enzo and asked him like is there any chance that, you know, we might see you like team up with W Morrissey in impact. And Enzo basically said, why would you want to see Robin when you've already got Batman? <laughs> Did he really? That's crazy yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh- I did not know that, and I, I had heard that there was rumors that it might happen, but I thought W. Morrissey shut it down right there. But very solid point right there. I don't think we'll be seeing him anytime soon. But he is taking on Moose for the Impact Championship, I do believe. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a belt of a match because they had a th- an awesome three-way dance with Matt Cardona at Hard to Kill. Probably yeah. one of the, my match of the nights, and I'm very biased because I love Matt Cardona, as you know. I hadn't but noticed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what was like? What do you think about this new changing of the guard at the top of the at the you know in that sort of main event picture? Because we've seen guys come and go, but it looks like W Morrissey is one of those dudes that just is really becoming quite a popular dude at the moment. 
Oh, no, I think it, it's well-deserved right there. The changing of the guard's a good one. I think this is going to be an excellent match. Two big boys doing battle right there. And, yeah, W. Morrissey there to stay and well-deserved too. I don't know too much about these personal demons and whatnot that you're talking about, but I definitely mm -hmm. think he would, you know, be a great impact champion if it were to happen. Uh, the feud with Moose has been all sorts of entertaining. W. Morrissey, not too happy at the minute, breaking down motel doors and whatnot. Not sure if you saw that, but on the latest chasing, edition of Impact. Ch chasing Moose around. With, Moose doesn't even have time to put his drawers on. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have time to put his drawers on. He's a very angry man, W. Morrissey, so he will finally get his hands on, on Moose on February 19. And, you know, it, it's great, man. I'm very much looking forward to it. The changing of the guard, as you say, I'm I'm all about it. How about you? I love it. I, I don't want to discount um, Moose though. Moose has been a fantastic champion. Do you remember when when we first saw Moose? All those days, we were wondering who the hell is this dude? Uh, Moose. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, now this is something that 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 um, you might not know, Nettie. Moose. Do you know where Moose made his name aside from being a former NFL dude? Uh, all I knew was the NFL side of things. Yeah. Well, Moose before he came to TNA was one of the biggest stars in Ring of Honor. Was he really? Yep. I did not know that. See, again, but I did plead ignorance earlier. I, I'm not very familiar with the Ring well, of Honor product. I do remember the guy you were talking about that was the Peacock from 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But yes. So he cut his whatever in Ring of Honor. Yeah, and it was a, a choice between the WWE we were after him and TNA were after him at the time. He picked TNA because of the schedule. Uh which is something that we're seeing really much a lot. Like you and I both know, like in the, if the past two years have, have taught us anything, it's just that sometimes you can put a bit too much of a priority on work and not too much of that work-life balance. And remember for these wrestlers, that's their job. And their job is involving getting hurt a lot. Yeah. So kudos to Moose. And to his credit, him as champion has been one of the coolest things I've ever sort of seen. Like, cause remember when he was at, when he was feuding Rich Swan, how he was the TNA champ and he was, yeah. he was a bit, it was a bit of a douchebag. Like he was, it was a jerk, but he's really matured in the past couple of years. He's still a jerk now, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I was going to say, he's still definitely a jerk, but um, yeah, cause he he's like all over TNA. I do remember that very well. But he's carrying himself so well right now that like, yeah. I like, he's one of, in this new era of TNA, like, I love that they've got a guy like Moose, like, that's at the top of the mountain, because it could be very easy to give it to a trip, uh, to an old school guy like an Eric Young. I'd be interested to sort of see, though, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, that W. Morrissey does win the championship. I still would like to see Josh Alexander somehow get involved. I was about to say the same thing. I'm not sure what's going to happen come no surrender, but Josh Alexander's right there. And I was also going to bring up with you earlier, and we were talking a little bit AEW and whatnot. Did you notice that Dan Lambert was in the Impact Wrestling crowd at one of the latest editions of Impact? And apparently he's scouting out Josh Alexander. That one could be an interesting one there. You know what's actually quite funny about uh, Dan Lambert, mm. though? I love that. Um, so, do you remember Everything? when he was? Well, well, but do you remember? Uh, so, American Top Team is currently in AEW at the moment, and it's one yeah. of those things where you know what's 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 old is new again, and people are talking about like, oh man, these these guys are like the, the biggest douchebag heels and all this sort of stuff, and just like. <laughs> 
been there, done that, dude. We've been there, done that with American Top Team. Remember when they were at Impact? Yep. I'll rest my case. But uh, yeah, that'd be interesting to sort of see what happens. Josh Alexander, I feel like... I don't want to. I don't want to get too. Uh, what's the word? I feel like he's bigger than Team Impact. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like what, on so, no so, more, I'm, wow. I'm not going to say that he's going to turn on him anything, but uh, Chris Saban, he's a veteran. Eddie Edwards, Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards. These are all guys that bleed TNA. I know that they've been there since day dot. But like their days at the top are kind of numbered. Like you know what I mean? Like. You're, you're yeah. not paying. You're not. You're paying to see Moose. You're paying to see guys like, uh, you know, Eric Young, Violent by Design. These are the, like the new face. Chris Saban. He's had his time. Been there, done that. It's great to still have you around. When I disagree. At... I love Chris Saban, but no, yeah, I keep don't... going. But you know, but like, you can, like can you kind of get? <laughs> but you kind of get. I love Chris Saban, man. <laughs> but but like, look at Team Impact because they're gonna be taking on Honor no more. Yeah. And you got Chris Saban, you got Eddie Edwards, Rhino, and Rich Swan, and Josh Alexander. Out of all of those guys, everyone has had a run at the top. Chris Saban's had his chance at the top of Impact. Eddie Edwards has had his chance at the top of Impact. Rhino, former Impact champion. Rich Swan, also an Impact uh, former champion. Josh Edwards barely had a cup of coffee. He had he didn't have time to put the belt around his around his waist at the top. So I reckon that there's bigger things coming for Josh Alexander, but maybe he's going to have to, like once they're done with, once they're done with Ono No More, I want to see him go straight after Moose or W Morrissey because that guy is too good. I think it's going to happen. I think it's only a matter of time for Josh Alexander, but you know, I could be wrong. I, I wonder if he will switch companies or there'll be a little bit of back and forth here or there or, I or what the future. Mm. I really hope not as well, but I, I do think we'll see him at the top, but it's funny you say, like you look back a couple of years ago and Josh Alexander really was pro wrestler. Number one on the PlayStation, as we always talk about, he has just come leaps and bounds and over exceeded every expectation I personally had for him. And it's great to see. It really is. And Ethan page, we, we see in AEW right now, but um, when they were the North, it was funny how look, no one really like, like for example, when you look at Devon and Bubba Ray, it's clear to see who the better one of the tag team is. Look at Sean Michaels and Marty Janetti. It's clear to see who's the A and who's the B. The North yeah. were very much, like it was all ego, Ethan Page. It was the Ethan Page show, and Josh Alexander was quite a good dude. The fact that he like actually looks like some dude that just came out of a gym in a high school somewhere doesn't help him. <laughs> but, but despite all of that, despite all of that, he's proven himself to be a star. And how's oh, he done that? Little... He's done just that. Hard just work. Just... Hard exactly. work. Yeah. Yeah, and getting over with the Impact Faithful. So I think there's some good things coming for, for Josh Alexander. Um, you never know. Like, I I wouldn't mind seeing him maybe have a crack at that Ring of Honor World Championship. Wow, yeah. Uh, that would be all sorts of awesome right there. So that that's it, man. I think, like, we need to sort of think of some bold predictions and whatnot on the next edition of the show because it would be kind of cool to put out a men's predictions which has no sort of ring to it at all but just some <laughs> bold calls from you to see what happens throughout the year and like we can look back at them at the end of this year and go oh yeah nim said that was going to happen or or you know or something like that because i would like to see josh alexander have a crack at that belt but time will tell my 
if, if I'm ever going to make a bold prediction, and this is going to sound really, it's going to sound really stupid considering what I said, uh, maybe less than 20 minutes earlier, but <laughs> I, but I would love to see Bound for Glory in an arena. That's not that's not stupid by any means. I would love to see that as well, right there. I because I don't know if they're at that level yet, but well, but that, well, that's the thing. Like Bound for Glory would still probably be in maybe October, November, give or take. TNA's got a lot of goodwill at the moment for some solid pay-per-views. They got a very, very hot roster at the moment. Right now, a lot of people have sort of said, comparing this to like NXT 2015. Remember when NXT wow. was just bubbling? Like when yep. you had your Kevin Owens, you had your um, Adrian Nevels, you had your Sami Zayn's. And remember how small those NXT crowds were back in the day? Like Very, very solid point. It was pretty small. And I would love to see their hard, the hard work paid off here and i think that we could be seeing maybe a couple more big names come into tna very quickly because i think a lot of people enjoy the freedom AEW gives you a lot of freedom um but they've also got a pretty stringent schedule with live tv every week it's yeah. not like impact isn't live every week so you get a good work-life balance um so i wouldn't mind seeing like a like a Braun Strowman coming to TNA. That's that's it. And what's he doing at the moment, Braun? Because I know he was one of the ones released by WWE, which I think is absolutely insane. So it would so, be very cool to see him pop over. So I don't know if you've been following EC3. You know how he's got his control your narrative sort of thing? Like he does some real cinematic. He sort of makes like pro wrestling movies, like uses it like a real art form. Yeah. yeah, I haven't, no. And the first thing that he did was this uh, way back in 2020 called Control the Narrative because the the thing with, and this is what I sort of mean about, um, what's the word, the pandemic. It made people think outside the box. You can't do live wrestling shows. Well, let's make it sort of a little bit cinematic. Let's try and make it kind of cool. So I think it was called Free the Narrative, to be honest. Is it um, something similar to like with the the Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy matches where they've got the yeah, drones yeah. and stuff flying around? Yeah, that's all sorts and, of awesome right there. And like the um the like we even saw WWE had to adapt to it and do um yeah with the Undertaker called? that was freaking yeah. awesome. Here we go. Where is it? So free the narrative was the thing that um that EC3 did. Oh yeah, uh, very cool. I don't know if you can see that clearly, Nettie, but it was him versus Matt Cardona in Free the Narrative 1. I can see Matt Cardona as clear as day on that right there. So, again, if, you, if you're listening, you need to check this out in video format. Nims is coming through with the goods. And you can still access that, can you, Amin? Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah, you can. And Free the Narrative 2 actually came out fairly recently, which I haven't seen yet. But um, Free the Narrative 2 has... Uh, Moose is also in Free the Narrative, I should point out, because he and EC3 are very good friends. Oh, hell yeah, that's cool. Free the Narrative too. So it's kind of that, it's a pretty dark, pretty gritty. You can check it out on Fight. Like, I don't know if you can see Moose there. Yeah, it's all on Fight TV. That's very, very cool. We're going to so, have yeah. to link that up as well. So there's some pretty cool stuff to see uh, that's going on. Like, like I said, p- it's a, it's a great time for people as a professional wrestler to not be in the WWE because there's just so much stuff that you can do. And it's, it's funny too, because sometimes, you know, when you're in a 
when you're in an, and it's pretty rich for me to say this since I do still have that sort of corporate life. But um, what what like a lot of wrestlers like your Matt Cardona's and your your EC3s have shown is like sometimes you got to bet on yourself and just go out there and don't worry about the machine behind you. Just do what do what works for you and it could take off. Yeah, definitely, man. Have a crack right there. No, it sounds fantastic to me, dude. We Before we wrap things up, let's touch on one more thing uh, when it comes to No Surrender, because I feel like we do need to mention this. The Bullet Club are getting involved in, oh. in Impact a fair bit, and I very much love this, especially since they're going head-to-head with the Good Brothers and VBD because uh, there's a fair bit of history between the Good Brothers and the Bullet Club, considering the fact that Carl Anderson's the guy that started the Bullet Club back in the day. Yeah, crazy right there. And that's another thing. The factions that are in Impact at the moment, like you mentioned, VBD, the Bullet Club, then you've got Honor No More as well. Like, it's it's good. It has a very much an old-school feel to it in a way when you had Degeneration degeneration x back in the day and you know the nation of domination like you've got a couple of these factions getting around but i'm loving seeing the return of the bullet club right here and interesting little team up there by vbd and the good brothers it's a mutual thing they're saying like you know they're not teaming up officially sort of thing it's just all Hmm. all business down the line yeah it's it's sort of like the old uh, the enemy of your enemy is my friend kind of thing so yeah Eric Young can still go. It still baffles me that he was on Raw for about three years and they had nothing to do with him, um, especially after he did. He was such a killer in, in NXT. But, hey, look, I'm looking forward to seeing this match with Jay White. I don't know if you remember, Nettie. Do you remember ages ago when we were watching those Wrestle Kingdoms and stuff like that? Jay White was one of those guys that we didn't – he was just fresh and no one sort of rated him at all. It was just like this guy. This new what this Kiwi dude. What's he gonna do? Nothing. <laughs> and now he's now he's the head honcho of the whole thing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, just goes to show, like, don't write someone off. Someone like PCO, just because he was a WWF tag team champion in 1987, wearing those <laughs> god awful red, red and black bloody jumpsuits, doesn't mean that he can't kill it in 2022. It's crazy enough, and you know we're jumping across over to PCO right there, real quick. How old does that make him? Because I, I thought like he's old, but I didn't think he would have been wrestling back in the eighties. Let's have a look. PCO is actually, let's see, uh, PCO born nineteen sixty seven, so he'd be fifty odd. <laughs> he's quite old. There you go, and he's still yeah. ripping it up in Ring yeah. of Honor slash impact wrestling love it right there. so that's what uh that's what pco stands for pierre carl ule <laughs> oh there you go pierre yeah yeah you wouldn't call him pierre to his face right now would you <laughs> no goodness me no man it's terrifying as is most of those on and no more guys vincent as well it's um just an exciting time so who do you have there yeah. who's gonna win it back to your good brothers and and uh Who's going to win that? And the Gorilla's Destiny, I reckon uh, Tamatonga and uh, Tangaloa for my money, purely because the Bullet Club, those two are two vicious dudes, and Tama just yeah. shoots from the hip. Uh, Eric Young versus Jay White, I'm not too sure about. I can't see their respective factions not getting involved in that match, but Jay White, oh. old Switchblade, I reckon he'll be pretty good. It would be interesting to see what happens, because I wouldn't be surprised if we do see like maybe a return of Finjuice or someone 
getting um, mixed up in their business. So it's this is what's been so great with with every single one of these matches that we've been talking about. And, and before we wrap up, we'll touch on Mickey James versus uh, Tasha Steeles. All of these matches, either team or either wrestler could win. Like there's no yeah. real sort of like, oh, well, like if I said to you, Brock Lesnar is taking on Seth Rollins or Brock Lesnar is taking on Big E. Nine times out of 10, it's a safe bet to say that Brock's winning. Yeah, exactly is. Right here, it's unpredictable and you don't really know what's going to happen, which I which I think is missing in wrestling these days. Well, it's kind of not, man, because we got it in impact. Very, very true. And I, I agree with you right there. What about yourself? What do you think? Think about who's going to win that. Oh, man. I Like you said, it's a toss of a coin. It really toss is. Of, toss of a coin and expect factions and whatnot to get involved and we'll have to have to wait and see. I don't know. I'm, I'm The reason I'm leaning against, against the Good Brothers is they don't really have anyone with, with their back. <laughs> like, you know but what I mean? They're like, too badasses, man. Like, do they need anybody? They are. But when you've got like... Um, you know, when you've got dudes like the actual bull club, like with Jay White, the mm. gorillas of destiny there, like you got a heavily stacked turn on them. Yeah. This is true. You got a pretty stacked card against you there. So, um, but like you said, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, very, very solid in their own rights. And uh, let's quickly touch on Mickey James versus Tasha Steeles. Uh, Tasha Steeles is someone that I know zero about. I knew zero about her. Uh, when she first broke onto the scene, I did know that she had a couple of um, appearances in the old school Billy Corgan NWA uh, in like 2019. Oh, wow, there you go. But old school way back in 2019 with the Smashing <laughs> Pumpkins and, and Billy Corgan. Is he still doing his thing? Not to jump off topic for too long. He still is. Yep, he's doing. Uh, he's still doing the NWA. And I don't know if you've seen any of the NWA, but he's, it's really set in like the 80s. Like Is all the really? presentation, all the presentation and everything, he makes it look very eighties uh, to the point like where. That, Is NWA? Is that the one where Velvet Sky is commentating at the moment? I'm pretty sure it is. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to see if I could find. I it haven't seen it though. Like, it's, there's a lot of wrestling to really there keep is. on top of, isn't there? There really is, and um, here it is. So this is um, just to give you an idea of how old school they're they're making uh, the. Like Billy Corgan's making the NWA look. Uh, their their um, champion at the moment is Trevor Murdoch. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know who Trevor Murdoch is, well. <laughs> oh, yes. I remember Trevor Murdoch. Yeah. So there. the picture of health. Uh, <laughs> he really does look like a picture of health, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, so you can, but you can 22. sort of see. So you can sort of see they are going for that old school sort of, uh, you know, 80s. Like, <laughs> look at look at poor Nick Aldis here. He's just like, what the hell is going on here, man? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so look, like I said, there's, there's a lot of wrestling out there. And good on, good on Tasha Steele. She's going to mix it with the best. She's going to mix it with the best here. She did a fantastic effort in that knockouts Ultimate X match. But oh, yeah. um. But yeah, Mickey James is a completely different kettle of fish. 
Mickey James will retain in this one, I do think. I've been watching the back and forth between the two, and hats off to Tasha. She has been has become quite the uh, significant heel, I would say. Like, she's quite pesky and in-your-face sort of deal, so it's going to have a little bit of heat behind it, this one. Very much so. But, yeah, from top to bottom, there is not one sleeper match on that card. It's going to be pretty awesome. The 20th. 20th, is it? The 20th? Let me look that up. The 20th? February 20, February 19 in the United States, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so February 20 is when it all goes. To- yeah, man, it is key. Pretty interesting to see what happens. Impact is just starting off 2022 with an absolute bang. They've got a solid roster, and we're going to be... We'll, we'll try and do it. We'll, we'll try and do a wrap-up show after um, No Surrender just to sort of see how it, we all go and sort of pick up the pieces and see what happened. I'm 100% down for that, Amin, and I'm very much looking forward to checking it out. No surrender. It's going to be a big one. February 20 on the Impact Plus app. Yeah, it should be pretty cool to see what happens. Headlined by a huge world title match between Morrissey, W. Morrissey and Moose. But yeah, look, I think we've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's of all we can with Impact in 2022 so far. But do us a favor like our Facebook page. It's where you can stay up to date with all things Impact and the Maximum Impact show. Facebook.com forward slash Grey Wolf Impact. But uh, keep your eyes peeled. We're going to try and be a little bit more active. But um, if, it's it's hard to commentate on wrestling when you're watching a lot of it. So we'll definitely be, <laughs> we'll definitely be doing a couple more stuff. But uh, keep your eyes out for a No Surrender wrap-up. But uh, Nettie, we've got some pretty cool shows coming up on the way. Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, so much fun. So much excitement happening in the wrestling world. If you're into music and that kind of thing, big, big hats off to you over on another of the side projects, The Undergrounds. Uh, there's new interviews out with Zach Wilde of Black Label Society, Andrew Newfield of Combat Kid, and coming this week, we have Sandog of Cypress Hill, all produced by you, man. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. No, nah, that's all good, dude. That's all good. And there's some ripper chats too, so um, keep your ears out. Uh, the Send Dog one is an absolute treat too. That is, uh, it's a long form one too. So I'm, I'm, he was very generous with his time too, Nettie. Very, very generous with his time, man. So I was, I was extra happy with that one. I like that too, because it shows that even though you could be a dude that's been in the game for over 20 years, 20, 30 years, and you're still willing to, to talk to us little blokes. Well, that's exactly right. Here I am in the, you know, the the home office talking to Sandog, who's featured on The Simpsons, and he's there talking about being in movies like Lethal Weapon and Training Day and all this sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, it was definitely humbling, but yeah, he definitely gave me a bunch of his time. It was kind of cool. His daughter come in midway and handed him over a sandwich mid interview. <laughs> Had to love that. I mean. It is very cool, but yeah, those are going to be um, coming, uh, dropping in your feeds very, very soon. But man, this has been another huge edition of Maximum Impact. Nettie, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll definitely do this one after No Surrender. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.